Hello, my name's James Pikeway. I'm Paul Kelly. And this is Know Your Audience. Okay, Paul, we've covered a lot of ground so far. We have. And I'm, I'm a little confused. No, I, I'm not confused. I have more questions. Right. We've been talking about why audience sentiment and collecting the data to make the necessary observations from it is so important for giant companies right down to the small mom and pop operation happening at home. Yep. How does it do it? We're now delving into the world of programming. We're delving into the world of computers. We're delving into the world of math and we're delving into the world of AI, all of which (laughs) that's it. (laughs) And as soon as those points converge, it's now totally out of my ability to make any assessment of whether or not a tool that uses natural language processing, which involves you know huge amounts of data and making decisions and computers helping to do that. It it now it's I don't understand it. How do I really know it's doing it? And how does it work? And that's where I'm at. Yeah. Well, it's fair enough to be there. I think what we've been trying to do over the last few episodes is really have our listeners um, think about what it means to them in their daily life and what, and try and demystify, I guess, the buzzwords and charlatanesque talk around artificial intelligence. And sometimes it's a tad overblown, actually what it is, um, which is, effectively a a tool to process a lot of information quickly and help make humans make decisions or help or have a computer make a decision that has the best probable outcome for for whatever that thing is whether it's medical science through to cars on a road to your toaster um there there's a lot of ability in there to to utilize it but i think platforms themselves for instance on social media and things will always say I've got the most watches. I've got the most listens, the most impressions. It doesn't mean a thing. You know, it just sounds impressive. It's so you buy more advertising from them. It's time to demystify this stuff so more people use it and we together can grow um, not even just an industry, but people using this in their everyday life and understanding and not being scared of technology. And computers didn't take away the jobs. They changed the jobs. They change efficiencies and things like that. So everybody needs to think in those lens. And that's why we've sort of today brought our um, head data scientist in Diego to really start to mystify one of these parts of AI, which is natural language processing, so that we can sort of just start to explain how some of these things work um, in a, in a as simpler way as possible. So we're 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 at a point now where we're going to give you some context. I think this is really interesting. This is where we want to be moving forward from. The understanding of the general public, I think, is a is a barrier to adoption of technology in any sphere. Forget about AI. Hmm. It, it's it's anything, right? Like um, moving to electric vehicles, for example. Like there are mental barriers and some of those mental barriers are created around us for premiumization of certain offerings. And that's why it's important to really demystify this stuff and just open the open the hood, as you would say, James, well, let, well, in your parlance. Let's, let's do that. And let's get Diego in on the conversation. Let's bring Diego in and... The first thing we want to we want to start to demystify this, and as soon as we mention the words AI and natural language processing, which we're now going to apply to doing research on the socials that people are using, who might be your clients, as soon as we put those three things together, AI and natural language processing and socials, I think people's minds just go, this is beyond my understanding. You will know it. I'm just going to trust you. 
Paul's telling us we can't trust anyone. So, <laughs> so, true. so, so what, what are we talking about with NLP? What is this? Is the result of the explosion of two universes? Yeah. Computer science and linguistics. Yeah. So the result of this explosion is the natural language process. So just an example. Yeah, the applications for natural language process, as Paul mentioned, is the sentiment, some classification. But the first application of natural language process was the translation, the computer translation. Yeah, that example we can find on Google Translation. Okay. Yeah, was the first application of uh, this field. So, the, and, and, and I'm going to put you on the spot. When we start thinking of computers translating, natural language translation, h- how old is that? I mean, that's not so long ago. Yeah, it's like 15 years. Yeah, Google started working on, on the translation. Okay. Yeah. The first results on natural language process was, uh, yeah, 15 years ago. Wow, so it's yeah. really new. Yeah, it's really new. But about uh, there are other applications like the sentiment, the dialect classification, and uh, the text prediction, the natural language solutions, they are really, really new. Just a quick example. Yeah, a couple of years ago, mm, the sentiment analysis was based on search the positive words and assigned the positive score. And the negative words, assigned a negative score. Okay. And then summing up, and the result was positive or negative. So, so just to, so if I was looking at uh, an Instagram post, I would, the computer would find the positive words, give them a score, find the negative words, give them a score, put the two, add them together, and then say, okay, this is a positive post. Yeah, correct. Okay, all right. Was a couple of years ago. Now, the new research analysis, there are, and uh, the advance of the computer science, the computer and the artificial intelligence, yeah, there are more tools, there are more interesting analysis. So now we can analyze in a different way because the most important thing in the, this field is the context. Right. Yep. So now Google, especially Google, we do Google Bird. Yeah, the solution for natural language analysis and natural language process that you use on the, the search engine called Google Bird, analyze the context of the sentence, yeah, the context of the whole test. So how all the words are being used, because, and this is something we've spoken about, the fact that given dialect, given different languages, you might use words in a negative way, but mean something positive. Mm-hmm. And so that would have been missed a couple of years ago. Yeah, correct. And now using this BERT method, this BERT tool uh it, it's it's not really a tool it's a programming function google bird is not only for the, the sentiment or dialect yeah you can use in, in infinity fields yeah so text classification text prediction where is the next word for example when you're using your mobile and you're typing a message so what is the next word that recommend yeah so those are things are based on 
natural language process. Ah, so that's the actual application that we're seeing every day when I'm typing my message and I get the finished sentence and I get to choose. That's just natural language processing in practice. Yeah, correct. An avenue of it. Yeah. So, so what we're talking about here is the the linkage of linguistics, computer science, in natural language processing for search and analysis purposes. In, in what we're talking about, to try and understand and figure out what the actual sentiment is of these posts. Yeah, that's that's right. In in general terms, this okay. Yeah, I, I get the idea that it's going through things, but. How does it know? Yeah, so the first thing that we need to consider is we need to start with the data set, yeah, with uh, the whole flux. So, for example, is the sentiment. So you need a corpus or a text, yeah, with the flux, the sentiment. So we need to train this data, yeah, in a new data set. So this is the first thing. This is the first point. And training involves a lot of input. Yeah, correct. So a couple of years ago, uh, the maximum number of rows that we can train, just 1 million. Now Google Bird used 5,000 millions of rows to train yeah, a model. So the accuracy, the capacity to cover yeah, you know, the five, 95% of uh, the speech, yeah, and the conversation uh, types. So it's covered now it's because it's 5,000 millions of rows just in one language. Just this is an example for Arabic. And English is like 3 billion of uh, rows and text analysis. So, Diego, obviously this has significant application with the Arabic language, which is very broad. But before we go that direction, we're going to do that in a, in a future episode. We're going to bring our Arabic language specialists in as well. I, I really do want to back up and talk. Have you tell us and share with us your insights on how this whole process fundamentally works so that, and the purpose here is so that the person who's got to make the decision, do I go and invest in a service that's going to be using this AI to help us gain better understanding of audience sentiment so that they can ask the right questions to the people who are trying to sell them a product? Yeah. So in this field, also in analytics field, for example, do a prediction. Yeah. For do a prediction, you need yeah, the historical knowledge, yeah, and historical background. Yeah, so you have to predict the weather today, if it will rain or no. So you need to see what is happening yesterday or this morning or two days ago. So in this case, it's similar, but we use text. Yeah. Let's contextualize this, take it down to if I'm interested in why someone buys butter. I need to have the historical evidence from why they've bought butter in the past. Is that what you're, was that what you're suggesting? Yeah, correct. It's not necessarily exactly butter, but yeah, similar products. Okay. Yeah. So, or not necessary buy could be used. Use. Yeah. So you've got buying, you've, so you've got data that's going to be on buying. You've got another line that could be on using. You've got could, another line that could be on shopping, another line that, and it's, and it's not just one specific product, but uh, categories of products. Yeah, correct. So suddenly, as we're, we're thinking about this, 
this is exactly what we've been talking about enormous amounts of data to not only that are, are there but are being fed into a system which then opens up exactly where we're at now is okay so how does the system then make sense of all this because they're not all the same things yeah correct so the first thing is okay we have the data yeah we have the knowledge we have the background so next step is predict or classify yeah so sentiment or so you give me a test or we can have a tweet. So next step is classify sentiment or negative in this case, the sentiment or the translation of that sentence sentence. So that's the next step. How it works. We trained the models. Yeah. Using the knowledge data set. Yeah. To try to predict. So if you. For example, the recipe, you can estimate or predict where is the recipe. So, okay, this guy is butter, mentioned butter, mentioned uh, flour, mentioned eggs. So the prediction is a cake or cookies. Yeah, right. Ah. Because the recipe use the recipe for cookies and cakes use those ingredients. So that's the way how it works. So if we have the knowledge, the base knowledge, so we can predict, estimate, and classify. That's the way how it works. This is the high level, yeah? So now here the most important, as I mentioned before, is the context, yeah? Because it could be the same example, the recipe. If analyzing and supermarket review about the eggs, flour, and butter, could be a review of price. It's not a review of a recipe. Ah, okay. So the context is the most important thing in this field, especially in the natural language classifier. So... Couple of years ago, especially in Arabic language, the first analysis, the first research about natural language process sentiment text classifier was related with the Quran, just the religious thing. Hmm. So, classify if um, this is good for the community or not good, this is good for your life or not. Yeah, what is our recommendation based on the current? Now, yeah, in the real world, we have a ton of yeah <laughs> views. So the most important, as mentioned, is the context. So this is an, a small example. Yeah. So can you imagine two tweets or two reviews? The first one is I want to book a table for two. And the second one is I couldn't find the results in that book. So in this case, the keyword is book. Could be a noun or could be a verb. Right. Yeah. But two very different sentences. Yeah, correct. This is an example for English that is easy if compared with another language. Yeah. So this is one example of the challenge. So here, the most important is analyze the context. The first one, I want to book a table for two. It's related with 
a review, no restaurant review. And the second one could be a review in a bookstore or a common of student in a library. Yeah. So there are many options. The most important in the context. The new tools or the, the new frameworks, yeah, like BERT, yeah, because we use as a framework, we can use BERT to create the models, yeah, and create extra layers for each field. The most important thing is analyze the context. So Google BERT offered that in the bi-directional analysis. So he analyzed what is happening before the keyword and after the keyword. This, this is important because BERT, the B in BERT stands for bidirectional. Mm -hmm. And before this type of natural language processing transformer was being used, if you're just using one direction analysis, as we're saying with bidirectional, looking at what's in that keyword before and after, if you're not doing that, then you have a lot more error. Yeah, using bidirectional solutions, you can ensure the context, the grammar, sometimes it's important, especially on the text prediction. Yeah, what is the next word? Is a verb, is noun. Yeah, that makes sense, the statement. So this is a good option. Yeah, Google offer a good option to analyze text. And, and when we're looking at this bi-directional text analysis, it's always going to do it. I mean, it's learned. It has a pool of, of data that it's comparing against to make the decision. So it's always going to do it the same way Yeah. and learn as it's going so that it becomes better at it, which takes us back to Paul Hall. And when we were talking about the whole idea that, yes, I could have four or five people working in my socials department and four or five people looking at responses and comments. But if I've got, you know, one Canadian, one Australian, one Brit, one Syrian, a Colombian, and maybe someone from, you know, Eritrea, we're going to have all sorts of different understandings of that sentence, what the words might be used, whether we're going bi-directional or not, the potential for error to me sounds much greater in that context. And I don't know how much we can actually look at because, you know, I'm going to need a smoke break. I'm going to need a coffee break. I'm going to need a lunch break. Oh, I'm going to need a vacation. This, this process just keeps doing it. Yeah. I think um, what tools like this enable is is as we've discussed i think multiple times is is the the ability to look at much more than a human could ever do and with less error and the really interesting thing with all of this is that we've talked about this before not conflating data with insight which is i i mean i constantly do that i constantly take the data and say oh i've got insight but i don't have it's insight. an observation yeah you know? yeah and that's different an observation is different to an insight an insight you know helps us understand behavior or, or uncovers a, a truth um, about behavior or patterns or things like that. And, and humans are still probably equipped the best to, to do that because there is nuance. And we've talked about some of that in, in what Diego and the machines can sort that out, but it still requires somebody to use and utilize that data. And that's what is so powerful about this is it enables 
yes, some prediction about the future, um, but, but there's still a really strong role uh, for, for people to do research and for people who do research to apply creative thinking. And, and that's what I'm interested in, in where we're going with this with Diego is where does this leave me with the data and the ability to make decisions and, and play with insight? Discover many, many things, not only sentiment, translation, dialect, yeah, discover like emotions, yeah, discover feelings, yeah, discover preference that you have, yeah, based in the way how you write or do you speak, yeah. So this is like an umbrella and there are different applications, so we can use that to create uh, the strategies to create the next step. What is the next step? Yeah. So just an example. And uh, just in the Arabic word, yeah, we have an Arabic word has 17 dialects. Yeah. Main dialects for each. And one is standard Arabic, modern standard Arabic that you can find in the schools and the books and the Quran and the newspaper. But just 30% of the ads use modern standard Arabic. Yeah. What happened with the other 17 in the Arab world? So they use their own dialect. So for the reason is it's important to know what happened with the dialect. Yeah. yeah. So the books also now the books are writing in each dialect. So that's yeah, amazing. It's just not a standard Arabic or the basic Arabic. Yeah, the people are using yeah the dialect. You can find in tweets, posts, ads. Yeah. So you need that insight. You need this information. Yeah. To do the next step. So these things, this solution, linguistic and computer science offer that solution, offer that deck of solutions. This is amazing because I've got this tool now that is going to give me an enormous amount of data, but that focus can be focused on sentiment, that can be focused on dialect. But also practical applications. I think when we talked about first getting away from, I guess, even just our specific use case, I think what's Mm. important is people use this stuff every day and not to be confused by it, like getting Right. right back to that. It's a confusing topic. Obviously, it's 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 one you need to apply technical training to, yes. to achieve it. I'm not saying it's open to everyone, but understanding it is is open to people. Yeah. At least the basics. No, but I I think the general audience. As soon as you mentioned predictive text, they kind of go, "Okay, I get it." Now there's the the complexity of how it works yeah. and and the binder. Okay, and you know that's why we have Diego because. I understand the, the the nuance of it. You're gonna you're gonna make it work, but what what this the the bell that goes off in my head is I want to be using these tools with NLP. I suddenly have a lot more data that I can look at, but I also have a lot more data that is very focused, which means I have an enormous potential for data analytics at this point. And so the the great thing is. I've got more. The bad thing is I've got more, Yeah, <laughs> which, you know, it's good and bad at the same time. Yeah. And I think, I think a great application of the thinking towards this might be 
completely separate field where there's often a phrase, you know, past performance isn't an indicator of future return, but actually 90% of the time it is. Um, if you look at like things like the stock market, for example, uh-huh. more information over time from the past gives us a great <laughs> view of what the future may hold with a certain degree of probability. And that's what this is. That's what this enables us to do. Going right back to your specific example of butter again, <laughs> it helps us understand based on past performance, what might happen in the future. And, and when you sort of can then unlock that, you're not just looking at an oil price or a stock market index. You're looking at, at everyday behavior, everyday feelings, everyday happiness. Yeah. You can then accurately predict maybe what might happen in certain events in the future. And, and, and if you're a business, you can, you can then make plans to counteract that or, or to take advantage of that or to, to, do whatever you need to do with that information. And that's where thinking about things simply and then applying a technical knowledge and then working with people who know what they're doing, like Diego, really helps. It, it unlocks, as you just said, it's an unlocking tool. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, the lock. <laughs> it's the lock. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my whole mind has just gone, oh, I get it. I mean, do I get the do I get the technicalities of how NLP works? No, I just need to understand that it this is what it does. It's an unlocker. And going back to previous episodes, there's a whole spectrum of these AI tools that are out there from you know very rudimentary, very entry level things that I might be able to afford to get access to to things that are far more complex and and a little bit more expensive that large organizations can get access to, but you want to get access to it because it's going to unlock the data for you to make better decisions through insight. Yep. It's that simple. It is. Know your audience. Know it well. (laughs) Diego, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. I'm James Pikeway. I'm Paul Kelly. And this is Know Your Audience. Know Your Audience.